For seven years, I trailed him. Lost to me, my boy was. Do you know where my boy is? I can take you to him if you help me. From this day forward, I will make you a queen in my heart. From this far up river, I never saw no person come back. Anything to find my boy. Welcome to the Interzeta Film, a podcast about films with a New Zealand connection. I'm your co-host, Rajiv. And I'm your other co-host, Andy. And this is Season 3, Cliff Notes. This is the N to Z of film. With Andy and Rajiv. And we're back. Welcome to Episode 9 of Season 3 of the N to Z of film podcast. This is kind of a late entry. We were, we were only going to do 9 films. We decided to do 10 uh, so this film is River Queen from 2005. I want to first start off by saying big props to my friend Michael Huddleston, uh, who badgered me into saying we should do this film. I was not going to do it because Andy didn't have easy access to it. But Michael Huddleston, if you're listening, thank you very much. Uh, Hudzi, as we call him, is a talented director of uh, New Zealand's longest running television show, Country Calendar. He's one of the directors on that show. Uh, okay, so here's the synopsis. <clears throat> In the 1860s, a young Irish woman, Sarah, and her family find themselves on both sides of a turbulent war between British and Māori during the colonisation of New Zealand. There you go. How's that? Wow, that was really short. That's that was just a, short. That was actually a synopsis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. <laughs> Unlike the back of the DVD cover, which is yeah. super <laughs> It goes on and on. Oh. And on. And, by the, and oh, actually, man. by the end of the synopsis on the back of the DVD cover, you're like, what's this film actually about? What is it about? Yeah. Yeah, is this just the start of the film as well, or is this the whole film? I don't need to watch this now. I've read it, uh, but I watched it anyway. Um, and the cliff role in this film is Widamu, who is a stone cold badass. <laughs> he is, he does have an awesome a, badass scene in the middle in the middle of one of those fights. It's totally badass. He has a number of actually really great scenes. Yeah, one of the more substantial cliff roles we've had. He's hmm. third build. He's third build behind yeah, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, who's barely in the movie, but I guess he's a big Yeah, name, I don't know so. what the hell's going on with that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. But uh... So what was the process here? Of, uh, we were not going to do this film because like, you're like, I can't, I don't have access to that film. So what happened, Andy? What did you do? Yeah, so, so the way we've been doing it, because I'm overseas in Guernsey, um, I've just been finding the streaming options, whether it's Netflix iTunes, Amazon, whatever, but uh, even I think one or two from the New Zealand Film Commission website, but not all of their uh, ones are available here, even the ones that say they are available in the UK. I'm not sure if there's some weird jurisdictional thing because Guernsey's not actually part of the UK. There is some weird something going on, but I've actually had a word to someone there at the Film Commission, and they are sorting through that issue because there are, as you say, there are, we have a New Zealand Film Commission has a, a VOD site, and they have things like now available in Australia. This one is available in the UK, you know, because of rights issues. But like you say, there's a whole bunch of them that seem to not be available in Guernsey, even though Guernsey is like the UK, right? Essentially. It is, but it's not. Right. Okay. It's one of those. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. So we have. And so, and so River Queen isn't available anywhere. River Queen is not available on any streaming service. Not iTunes, not the Film Commission website. I couldn't actually even find it on the um, Film Commission VOD website at all. No, it's, just, it's. I think there's lots of rights issues with the River Queen. I don't think it exists anywhere except for on physical DVD media. 
Yeah, and that's the other thing, is that, so it was only available on DVD, so I got it over from Amazon, Um, but it was also only available on DVD. There's no Blu-ray edition of it. No, no. I, I, don't, I don't think it did well. I mean, that, that leads me nicely into box office, if you, if you, unless there's anything else you want to say about how hard it was to get a hold of that damn movie. Um, I mean, you know, it, just now it's because I've got this DVD that's going to be hanging around. <laughs> you can try and sell it at the local Guernsey market. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, the the set budget. Up my one stall. Set up a stall for one DVD. <laughs> um, according to IMDb, the budget was thirteen million New Zealand dollars. According to Wikipedia, it was twenty-four million New Zealand dollars. So that's quite a large wow. discrepancy in budget. That's like a I whole other movie in there. I tried to find out uh, from the film. Or three New Zealand was, films, but uh, yeah, that's right, three New Zealand films. But I couldn't find. It, so we, I don't really know what the budget is. Uh, the box office is also widely discrepant. Um, uh, IMDb says it made a budget. It made a total box office of six hundred seventeen million. Uh, that number is the same Wait. number quoted on Rotten on um, Box Office Mojo, but that one says worldwide. Uh, and Wikipedia says it made nine hundred fifteen thousand. So right. you said six hundred seventeen million. Ah, oh, no, a thousand. There are no there are no New like, Zealand films. Six hundred seventeen million. That's amazing. Is, that's the no, <laughs> New Zealand film that makes a hundred million plus. That doesn't happen ever. No, six hundred seventeen thousand. So I mean, by all right. measures, I can find online it's a failure. But who knows? It might have it might have made more money on DVD rentals and stuff. Who knows? Hard to hard to find out. Mm, but probably I, not if it's only available on DVD and there's not many copies of it around. I think. Because I think yeah. I also got the last one on Amazon, so <laughs> I uh, have so... the sole copy of River Queen on Ireland, probably. Probably, yeah. yeah well, it might be very popular. Um, so I couldn't find um, uh, my memory of this, because I did watch it in the theatre in New Zealand, uh, was that it was, was widely, badly reviewed. But actually, I went and found a bunch of reviews, and they're all quite positive. Uh, I didn't actually find many negative reviews at all. Um, in fact, Empire gave it four stars, saying it was... A viscerally engaging adventure that works with emotions. Uh, Luke Goodsell in Empire Magazine. Because um, I remember thinking when I saw it the first time, it wasn't that good. I, I enjoyed it more this time around, but we'll get into it. it it's, it's a disjointed. Disjointed is, yeah, one word for it. it there's lots of, there's there's lots of reasons why. No, no. So I thought we'd get into some of the background. So the director is uh, Vincent Ward, famed New Zealand director Vincent Ward. I think this is the first Vincent Ward film we're discussing in the podcast. He hasn't made that oh, many oh films. Gosh, it is. But yeah. he's, uh, he's considered quite the artist. We have mentioned him in the past. I remember we talked about Alien 3 in one of the previous episodes. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, I don't know, because there's always a chance to talk about Alien 3. Just like now. <laughs> hey. That's right, because he was, he was hired as the second There's director. a new Alien film in theatres. So That's right. There's Alien Covenant there is out right now. We can plug plug that in. Weirdly, promotional. Uh, Alien Three was supposed to be the film where they went to the alien homeworld in the first place and discovered that the aliens were actually more intelligent than people expected them to be. This is a weird tangent. And then, oh, and um, also, Vincent... parts of Alien Covenant were shot in New Zealand. That's right. Parts of Alien Covenant. Hey, were look at that. Sounds. Connected all the dots. It's all connected. Um, <laughs> uh, Vincent Ward was brought on to be a director for that, and. Uh, in various places on the internet it said when he flew over from Australia he rewrote the script uh, he's from New Zealand so I'm thinking he was flying from New Zealand I'm not sure why where that comes from but uh, yeah, he, he wrote he the original living in Australia at the time perhaps uh, The Wooden yeah. Planet and Seven Dwarves and all that stuff I mean it's very interesting go, go to Wikipedia and read about it it's fascinating or I mean there's actually a really good uh, making of documentary on an Alien 3 DVD that's, that's right actually it's quite good yeah you're right 
It's actually really um, honest and good. But we're not talking about Alien 3, really. We're talking about River Queen. So River Queen was, was another one of these films where a New Zealand director came back from overseas. So um, Vincent Wood had spent time overseas. He's not necessarily a big Hollywood time guy like like Roger Donaldson and Jeff Murphy. But Yeah, I his, think his, his biggest Hollywood film was uh, What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and that was quite a, that was like in 1998. So that's like, and the River Queen is 2005, made in 2004. So that's quite a big gap of not making feature films but um you know it's, it's good he came back to new zealand people were like oh this is gonna be this big thing and everyone's excited about it and uh there was a lot of problems on set we'll get to that uh and the writer uh which i didn't realize until re-watching it uh he wrote it with yeah. toa fraser toa fraser uh, did the amazing deadlands which is incredible and he's got a new film coming out soon too so so that was interesting i mean toa fraser is a, a playwright and obviously a very talented artist in his own right so that was pretty cool. And um, the other accredited writer is a guy called Kelly Lyons, who I can't really find much information about, but he co-wrote, or she, I'm not sure, uh, The Navigator with, with Vincent Wood, one of yeah. Vincent Wood's first films, which is a cool film. I don't know. Have you seen The Navigator? The ones, it's the ones where the monks travel forward in time, but it's all dreamlike. Yeah, it's quite yeah cool. I've seen that one. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. The DOP is a guy called Alan Bollinger. Uh, we Hell all know who Alan Bollinger is here in New Zealand, but international listeners might not know. He's he's one of New Zealand's most famous cinematographers. Probably probably the most famous at the current moment. Not sure. I don't Do know. He was sort of all involved um, with uh, Jeff Murphy and um, that kind of generation of filmmakers. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. he's very very good. And I mean, I'm and watching it at home now, and I remember going to the cinema and watching it. I just thought, man, this is a pretty looking film. Like those oh, shots it's a, of the, yeah, the Wanganui River. It's, I have a note that it's beautiful ethereal photography. Yeah, yeah. So it's so good. I mean, like every single. I mean, my wife was watching me, and we were just like, "Whoa, look at that! Look at that! Look how pretty that is!" Like the colors and everything, the composition, just great. Um, and he, during all the um, the fracas that happened and the behind the scenes stuff, he actually ended up being the director for a while towards the end of production when uh, Vincent Wood was fired. The producers fired the director. So. Yes, he's still on <laughs> as the credited director, so I don't know what's. I can't like I remember the controversies and the stories and bloody blah, um, all coming out when it was happening. But mm. it was big. It was bigger than New Zealand media. Like oh, the New Zealand director Vincent Ward has been fired from his own film. Something, something, yeah. something. Blah, yeah, blah, so. blah blah blah. It was all. I think it was all a lot of he said, she said, sort of stuff. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know whether you want to get into it now, uh, but there is there is a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, I just want to go through the cast very quickly. Uh, so Samantha Morden is our lead, and uh, I, I don't know... For me, I, I don't really know her career that well, but she's, for me, just her most famous role is, is, uh, is, is Agatha in Minority Report, the board. Oh, yeah. Pre-cog. That's her, probably her biggest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's, she's much more famous than that for people that love art house cinema, but that's kind of where I know her from. She's very good, talented. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, who I don't know really why he's in the film, to be honest. Kind of like, Look, oh, yeah, nice. yeah, let's... Um, <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland, that was also when he was down in New Zealand filming this, there was a few times, apparently, where he got a little bit too into the drink. Really? And, oh, I don't know. I don't yes, remember that. I'm oh. pretty sure it was this one. I think he's Ooh. come down to film a couple of films. But anyway, um, and was a bit of a naughty boy um, in a bar. But I don't know why his character is there and yeah. why they've got... Like, it's Kiefer Sutherland. He's on the DV, like he's on the cover. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. And even in some covers I've seen, he's the only one on the cover. <laughs> he is, yeah. There's a couple of Makes covers. Makes it look very much and, more like a big action yeah. Western film. Than he's, got a big, he's got a musket yeah. and he's like, and he's the only guy in the, and River Queen is written in like hard big block letters. I'm like, what is this? Going this summer, <laughs> River Queen, starring Kiefer Sutherland. Um, sort of. Um, I will not comment on his accent because I couldn't really tell whether it was bad or good. My wife thought it wasn't pretty good. My only complaint was that I don't know what he was saying half the time because it sounded no, like he was we, mumbling. No, we couldn't understand. And, and like, yeah, both of them, the accents were quite thick. So <laughs> there were times where where he was, you know, he was he was being injured and he's drinking. And I'm like, he's saying something about like one one Irishman is a son of a whore and another one a poet. I'm like, what's he? Is he talking about Robbie Burns? What's he talking about? I did not Robbie know Burns what he was Scottish. 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 Okay, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't tell. I think he was talking about himself. I don't know. So he's supposed to be like in love with Samantha Morton's Sarah because there's a few moments where we see him pining over her. Uh, But spoilers, everyone, he eventually dies and then sort of is not in the rest of the film. Like, (laughs) Yeah, after sort of also not being in it for a fair chunk of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So, well, okay. God, man, the span of this film is freaking decades. Mm. It, It starts off with really long sort of backstory expositionary mm-hmm. voiceover from Samantha Morton talking about how she had come over with her dad and they were all the way up river and then she met a young Maori boy and they fell in love and he died but he had given her a child who she has only named boy so much like Taika Waititi's boy Maybe it was an homage to River Queen when Dyker did it. Uh, Maybe it was a name back in the day. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and then it's... Oh, and then he's a... It jumps forward like six years. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's a little kid and they're running around and, oh, it's they're playing hide and seek. And then he gets taken by his granddad. Uh, old, old Rangi. Chief. Played by Wiki Car. Yeah. yeah, it's rad. Um, and then it jumps seven years. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> well, don't she's forget, apparently been flashback, looking for him in that flashback. She, it's not a flashback, last one, well, the last, the six, the one when her kid was six. Um, yeah. all of a sudden, she has a sister, so well, she's got a sister, yes, all of a sudden. What? So, we've had like 10 minutes <laughs> of blah 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 blah, and then we're introduced to her very red headed sister, like with absolutely no introduction. She just I turns around her and is like, I thought, why, why does she look different? Oh, it's not her, oh, it's someone else, no. it's her sister. She's sort of. <laughs> She hears Samantha Morton yelling for her boy, and then she suddenly knows that he's been taken and runs to her dad. And that's that's when I knew that she was the sister. I was like, oh, I guess they're sisters. Okay. Yeah, the and as, soon as, as soon as the kid's taken, her dad and her sister bugger off. I only bring it up because there's so, much, so many times where I'm like, what? Who's this person? What's happening now? And yeah. I think I think the reason is because, and I have it on good authority from Alan Bollinger himself, name dropping Rajiv. I just remember occasionally asking. I was I was I was working on something, and he with Gaylene Preston, and he turned up to set, and I just asked him about it. And he was like, "Oh yeah, it was a troubleshoot." I mean, everyone knew it was trouble. There was it was all the media, but he said, "Oh yeah, there was like you know, a hundred odd pages of the film we didn't shoot." <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> but he was like really pages. big. I mean, I, I could be exaggerating, but I'm pretty sure that's what he said. He's he's just you know elbow. He's he's a real casual sort of dude. But I mean, I, it it does seem like it feels like the film should be a TV miniseries or something. Like it feels like there's a lot of stuff missing. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you could have 
in a different draft of the script you could have pretty much cut all of that expositionary type stuff up front and just start it with her son being taken being kidnapped yeah for sure pretty I, much I, I think uh, I think that I don't know you asked other Vincent Wood films I think he's got he's, he's I mean? big on the dreamlike quality stuff so yeah I think it's a I think he's tr- they're trying to patch it up but it's also a weirdly artistic choice where it's all voiceover and lots of crossfades between scenes and short stuff and it, it lends it a dreamlike quality but I don't think it it's good I think it makes it confusing <laughs> no, it just the, it makes the story itself just kind of feel a bit juddery Mm. which is yeah. especially sort of up front not uh, a great well it's not a great start <laughs> yeah it was it was interesting re- reading all these positive reviews i went and found a bunch of reviews i'm like man maybe i'm just being really harsh on it but i really rewatched the beginning again i'm like no it's it's confusing to me maybe i'm just a dum-dum but it just no, like... i mean you talk about these good reviews but i also found bad reviews so oh good you did yeah. find some bad reviews okay cool, cool yeah the guardian gave it two stars so okay great okay <laughs> so yeah. i wasn't wrong i wasn't wrong with people. it's not that you're missing some weird quality i mean it's something that it's something that i kept coming back to because i feel like it is like new zealand's almost great period masterpiece like there's there's so many moments because vincent waters he cares about what he's doing where i'm like oh this is this is something good and everyone involved is doing really good work but it just doesn't it just doesn't fire at the end eh? like it doesn't connect up like it's beautifully looked to look at all the performances are good except for kiefer um and no, I'm just like, right. I again can't comment on the accent, but he was okay. I don't know what he's saying, so I can't judge whether he's okay. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it just doesn't quite connect up, and it's because of, I think I think it's because there was all this stuff on set. Um, I got this quote here from Cliff, and he says, "I found this interview. Um, what's it from Screen Talk on YouTube? It's a great, great interview. If you can find it, go look it up." Um, and he says, "He says I had such high hopes for River Queen, but it was just play, played with problems. It was." torturous he used the word torturous uh and he said i didn't agree with so many things in the final film because it was such a shame because i love the script it was a shambles it was a mess so that's from like oh, Cliff, our lead yeah. <laughs> like you know 10 years 10 years after the fact reminiscing about the fact that it wasn't it didn't work uh which is a real shame yeah i think there's 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 something yeah it, yeah more i don't know something more work less production troubles and it could have been something really yeah really great and special mm. Mm. um so so I, we sort of started at the beginning and continue on i mean like her, her son gets kidnapped and, and then she spends time going trying to find her uh cliff character Wurumu works for the british right like so he's essentially like um yeah so he he the first time we see him is when he's rocking up with old rangi and they make off with boy that's right but he's, there's like not a big thing made of him and then he turns up on the side of the british who yep. are massacring that's right and he's all like village. don't do this um and i guess so he's, he's like anzac wallace's character for mutu kind of just with less uh, murder going on <laughs> less murdery vengeance yeah <laughs> yeah there's murdery vengeance because he's all like you know stop stop burning. he's like and the the commander played by anton lee bain is all like they're not your people and cliff who, is like uh listeners will recognize as the bad Meister, Meister character, Quyburn, Quyburn from Game of Thrones. Ah, oh, I was trying to figure out where he's from. That's what it is, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my wife thought he was a bit um, pantomime, dandyish villain. I didn't really see that, <laughs> but I guess you could see it. He's quite evil. Yeah. He's quite bad. Yeah, he's all like... he's, there's no, but there's no depth, I think, to the to the character. He's there just to be bad. Uh, yeah, but he's he's playing the British. Which is fine. We can paint yeah. the bad. The British is bad. Yeah. That's fine. 
<laughs> this is the way it goes. But eventually he he's all like, you know, I don't like what's happening and, you know, I'll take you to your son. He goes to Samantha Morton's character. He's like, I'll take you to your son, you know, I know where he is. Because she's, she's looking for old Rangi because old Rangi was like a, t- a tattooist, right? Like that's the whole thing. So she's... Yeah, so there's the thing. There's, there's, there's so many kind of little bits and pieces going on. And we don't we only know that old Rangi is a tattooist because uh, we're told in voiceover. Mm. And so then she's looking for people that have been recently tattooed and that's how she feels she can track him. Mm-hmm. But then... Tim Morrison turns up. Oh, actually, before that, after the it... village gets massacred, doesn't he? Yeah, the village gets yeah, yeah, yeah. massacred, and Tim Morrison turns up as as a new chief and destroys the outpost. And then Cliff takes. Oh, Samantha yeah, we're getting Morton. we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because because Weekly Car's old Rangi gets killed earlier. He's killed before that point. Oh, he gets killed at the village. He gets killed at the the yeah the village, and then yeah. then then Tim Morrison's raid is is after that point. Yeah, and yeah. then so Cliff takes Samantha up river to take her to her son, because he knows her because it's um, the big reveal is her that... son is also his nephew. So that's right. His his brother was was the woman that uh, was the dude that she had sex with. There, um, yeah. So Tim Morrison, I, um, it was a little bit unclear, but he is he's the new chief, of, or is it a different different village? No, it's the same one, right? I get confused by that. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. But he's a he's a new chief on the scene at, at the very least, right? Right, uh, right, right. And he's turned up and is um, killing the British. That's right. And he, uh, and, he, and and Samantha Morton has just taken to him to to heal him because she's you know, yes. she's 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 a, she's a medical person. I think that that's the reason. Like I was watching the film, thinking you know we could start it with her son being kidnapped, but for whatever reason they need to set up. We, we don't need it, but I guess the filmmakers felt they needed to set up that she was brought to the settlement by her father, who's the doctor on scene. And so she he trains her up enough. Yeah, I think you could have done that much quicker. And yeah, uh, well, no, we don't we don't need it at all. Uh, I, I mean, because no. I because I because I like Stephen Rio plays a father. I'm like oh, Stephen Rio's a cool actor. He's cool, and he's in it for like all of a second, and then buggers off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she's so she's now a doctor. So that's her big thing. Is she can heal folks. So she goes off to heal uh, Tim Morrison's character, the 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 Kaipo, the uh, the chief right. who's dying of influenza. And she saves him, and then he's all like naked in the river, and it's like I'm gonna oh yeah, have sex with the ladies. Timbum, Timbum, and he's all like Timbum, little... and then yes, war sex, <laughs> war sex. <laughs> so his his great plan is to lure the British to them, yeah. and then he and then they ambush them mm-hmm. and and kill them all. Mm-hmm. And whilst that's all happening, he's yeah. he's up in his place having sex with a lady. That's right. Is in um yep. He's in his place of dwelling. <laughs> he has, I think he has sex with multiple ladies throughout the film at various points. Yeah. Uh, I think that's in order to boost his mana. Uh, and also, I wrote down tantric sex magic. I'm not sure, like, sure. exactly what's going on. <laughs> it's quite good. I feel like there's some sort of prophecy and he, he has to have sex with a woman in order to fulfill it and stuff. I mean, it comes to it comes to the fore where... They've taken in the they've taken in the remnants of a, another village that's been slaughtered, and he ends up having sex with the the wife of the chief wife. of that side. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of disjointed because I'm like I'm like oh when did they turn up oh and then oh now he's leaving um because he had sex with his wife that's annoying, but it doesn't really amount to anything because then they end up in the very end they end up going off anyway, further up river to join up and we never see them again. Well, I think the the thing was because whilst he's in his at the height of his influenza, he's has a a vision dream 
and part of that is a river running red with blood mm. and i think he had sex with the other chief's wife mm. basically so he would be found out and that that tribe would leave and then they wouldn't be able to fight the, and the get british masked. on the other side of the river so uh, that's quite uh, he good did it to try, try and save his like the bigger picture that's true because he does say he does say yeah the battle maybe but not the war like we will yeah. that's right oh yeah good very good andrew i missed that that's good but i also want to mention that uh that woman that he sleeps with at the end is is, is siobhan ruakere who yeah. you may remember from tv's what now and uh, Shortland Street. And Shortland Street. So she's uh, an actress in New Zealand that's has... known for a New Zealand children's television show and uh, New Zealand's Street. longest running soap opera, yeah. uh, which is cool. She, has, she no has no lines in this No movie. lines. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, just there literally as an object, too. I would like to note that we have both been like weird sex, war sex, uh, but I thought it was great. Like, it's freaking weird. But the fact that it's, like I mean, Tim Morrison has slow motion yeah. sex in the middle of this giant battle is amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's that's the thing. It's like there's a lot of those sorts of um, very interesting moments. You can kind of dig into them a little bit more as to what's going on and mm. what it all means. But then it it, it doesn't gel. Yeah, well, I mean that that's... like there's these moments don't become a whole. No. And I think I think that's all down to the fact that there was I mean uh, Vincent was was literally fired from from the production towards the end, um, yeah. and Albol had to take over. Um, and I think there were pages of script that were never filmed. And um, by all accounts, Samantha Morton is was painted at least in the New Zealand media. And I've heard people um, I know people that worked on the film that said she was difficult to work with and extremely um, uh, clashed a lot with the crew, uh, which is probably true because she's like an artist person but so is vincent ward like i i worked i've worked in a in a in a in a place where vincent ward was working at the same time and he was difficult because he's also an artist i think when you've got two headstrong sort of artists working together it's always going to be some sort of compromises needed <laughs> i've got their vision for what the thing should be yeah and that and it's because they care you know like that's the thing like uh, i think i think this film was horrible by the fact that people cared too much you know there are films that a hobble bay they're watching go oh no one gives a shit about this film like transformers or whatever and it's just like no one no one's putting any effort in but i don't think that's the case here <laughs> i think it's the opposite which is which, which is what... certainly an interesting way to think about it yeah which is what, it's I mean, what it's, makes it interesting well and it's 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 a great role for tim i think he's fantastic in it mm. but yeah and it's also a great and substantial role for our man cliff yeah like yeah, he gets a lot to do and he's a very active character and he has a number of great scenes yeah he he is he is very good i mean he's there's something effortlessly charismatic about him i find like and i yeah. and i did believe <laughs> my wife put it he his uh his long distance thirst for samantha morton is real and you can see it um oh yeah he... <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> totally he um it was interesting in the same interview he said he wants uh, more of that samantha morton Thank you, Andrew. We're no yeah. one, we're gonna lose listeners left, right, and centre. <laughs> um, he he said of his early one of his earliest roles, the piano is is what I remember one previous episode you uh, amusingly referred to as a, a Cliff Curtis film. I'm like he's barely in the film. <laughs> he said that he was part of the black drop, quote unquote, of, oh. of the piano, which I thought was great. Yeah, it was kind of a weirdly um, backhanded thing where he was like, oh, "It was great to be part of this piece of art." 
that directed by you know wonderful Jane Campion. And he's the term Vlad Trop, and we were like the natives in the background, and the you know the actual drama was happening over there with his other folk, which I thought was quite telling um, and great because you know ten years later, uh, 2005, 1994, um, he's like the lead in a in a, in a native well, story. You know? Yeah, co-lead with. Um... Samantha Morton and Keith yeah. Sutherland. Um, he's 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 great. I mean, he he has so many he has so many great scenes. Here's the scene where he rescues um, Boy from his his evil cousin. Oh man, that was rad. So okay, yeah, what a dude. He's <laughs> trying to rescue Boy who's been hung up over a cliff. Ha, cliff. Stop it, Andrew. Um, Stop it. <laughs> and his cousin is like. He says to his he says to his cousin, you know, I'll give you anything. I'll give you anything to have him to have him back. And his cousin's like, "What about your trigger finger?" Cliff just straight up brings out an axe, smacks off his trigger finger, and hands it over. Like, totally right. boss. <laughs> <laughs> so boss. Just like no dialogue. I'm like fucking amazing. So good. Yeah. Well, and then uh, it's slightly less uh, badass, but um, an amazing kind of scene is when during the first big sort of action scene when he discovers the body of his younger son mm. who's been killed it's just the man oof. gets a good it's shot a, and a good performance yeah but he's sort of he's sitting at the river's edge he's just sitting it's he's so still he can be still mm. he's got a great sense of stillness i think that's something weirdly something i noticed this film like there were a couple of instances where um you know there was something happening say around a fire or whatever a couple of characters who actually had something to do and then everyone else in the background some of them was you know people as they do move side to side or fidget a little bit right right right, right. there just being still yeah yeah no he he um it's his performance is always good in everything we watch but it's it's just a chance for him to be badass <laughs> i guess that's that's the word well, and a to. chance to play you know a lot of these films he's not been in it for a long I think he's playing. He's getting a chance to play more layers here as well. Mm. Yeah, he gets to play the pining lover and the and the warrior and the guy who regrets siding with the British and then he's saving his son and gets to more. Maybe the guy who regrets kidnapping a boy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's uh he's totally totally killing it in this film. Um and and um, you know in that interview I can hear the regret in his voice. It is a shame because it, it's. You know, and it would have been exciting because, like, Vincent Ward is regarded as artist. So, you know, you when you, you when you sign on to someone like this, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm really excited. And I remember it being in the media. And I remember being excited too. I'm like, oh, Vincent Ward's coming back to New Zealand. He's going to make a film here. This is cool. Mm. Oh, and it's a, and it's like a, a, it's like an Utu. It's like another frontier westerny thing with muskets and really great costuming. And all. Alan Ball is involved, you know, and it, it, there's so much stuff that's just positive. And I, it just feels, it just kind of makes me feel sad watching it because it is, it's almost, it's almost there. It's almost there. Yeah. Bit of trivia, Vincent Ward, you know, uh, he once he was fired towards the end, he was reinstated for post-production, uh, which was done um, in England at a place called Limpsing, which Lipsing, which is where Toa Fraser does all his post-production as well. But they said that he, what is it, he was so committed to the film that he it, it was him in waist-deep water in the River, river Thames with the, the shots, the diary notes in the river, in the water. The beginning oh and God. end of the film is like that's that's him. I don't know. It just says it was him. I don't know whether he shot it himself or he was there with the cameraman. But I'm like, that's cool. You know, even though I was fired and I had a lot of bullshit, I'm still committed to finishing my film properly. Gonna finish the damn thing if it kills me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crikey, <laughs> which is cool. Best costuming New Zealand Film Awards that year, 2005. Uh, best cinematography and best costume won uh, easily. I don't know what else was what else was nominated for that year, but like you can see that just easily. Like that's really good. 
both those things. Barbara Dara did the costumes, and she was um, also did the so, costumes on the Deadlands, which was also cool. Also, just uh, speaking of costumes, slightly slightly related, uh, the cliff here, this film, <laughs> was luxurious. <laughs> this was a film with some of the best best cliff hair I think we've uh, we've had. Yeah, we've been uh, blessed with. He's got the. He's got the top long, knot. long, luscious locks. Yes. Generally, yep, done up in a in a top knot, but mm. occasionally it hangs down like a sexy wet curtain. <laughs> I, I while watching the film, she hears that moment where I, I think he's been swimming in the river, and after they've after they've taken Samantha Morton to his village, uh, and he's sitting there on the beach talking with Samantha Morton, and I'm like, he's got Jesus here because he is all yep. wet and like flowing over his face. hanging down, he's shirtless, he's like, sup. <laughs> <laughs> want to see my scars that's right just look at my scars yeah. i'm like oh wow sexy sexy <laughs> scar time <laughs> there's there's two more stories i need to bring up hudsey has mentioned that i need to bring up the fact that cliff curtis had a car accident during the shooting of this movie he uh famously he was in the media and uh, people were rightly chastised him for texting while driving yeah uh, cliff how could you he it, not only was it an accident he ended up like veering into a car and then smashing into a woman's house jesus <laughs> missed that story through the front for the front door um yeah he it was it was near otaki and he, uh, on his way to to the shoot uh weirdly because new zealand is a tiny tiny village of a country uh a friend of mine uh his best friend's mom's house it's like a weird like weird connection it was the house like, that he crashed into yeah, I was just mentioning that. I was like, oh, I do this podcast with oh my Andy about, about, about Cliff Curtis films. I was like, oh, yeah, Cliff Curtis crashed into my best friend's mom's house with his car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, New Zealand, so small. So As you do, place. yeah. Cliff Curtis took full responsibility and he said, I, I expect to be charged and, uh, you know, I shouldn't be, you shouldn't be text. He said, you know, if you want to use your phone, pull over and use it. He should mm-hmm. done, I reckon he should have done some club. sort of PSA video. And the second note I have, we're always trying to do a personal connection. I mean, I've, not, I've worked with various people that have worked on this film in the past, so there's my one personal connection. But I have a, my, I feel like my most interesting and, and fun personal connection is I used to work at a company called Source Post Production. It was a, it was a full production house where we made corporate videos. Uh, one of the videos we did was a um, 3D animated thing about early New Zealand, the colonial impact and uh, various things in New Zealand um, for a, a wildlife sanctuary here called Zealandia. And the video was like all set in pre-British settlement, British settlement, and then modern times sort of a sort of chronicle as the time. And one of the one of the scenes was a, a British colonist shooting birds and collecting them for specimens like bullets birds. Um the person that got to play this guy <laughs> shooting the birds was a guy called Matt Fraser, who actually worked as an editor at that at that production company I worked for. And they had to give him an old timey beard. Uh the beard that they gave him was the same makeup person. It was the same beard that Kiefer Sutherland wore in this film. Wait, that's not that's not Kiefer's natural beard. There's one scene later on where I think it's before he dies, where his beard kind of looks a bit fake. That's the beard. I think he's got his. I think he's got a real beard at the beginning of the film, but later on, because I think he had reshoots, and it's like it's not a real. They get beard. fake beard. Oh my god! And then he got to wear Kiefer's beard. That's... Yeah, I, I got to see yeah. Kiefer's beard. I saw it. I saw it. I was like, oh look at that's Kiefer's beard. And the, the makeup lady was like, yep, that's the beard Kiefer Sutherland wore. So that's so weird. I know. <laughs> that's, that's something about it. Being a beard is weirder than just a wig. Like, all right, that's my story. That, that's my story. <laughs> that's that was a gross story, Rajiv. Thank you. Yeah. Did you, you keep that to yourself, Janet? No, you ruined good, the good. illusion. Every time I see an actor with a beard, now I'm just gonna be thinking, "You liar! <laughs> you don't <laughs> liar. That's a that's a beard wig. 
with a face wig. Also, you know, you know, um, she gets a sun back and, you know, it ends and they all live happily ever after. The, the end is a bit tactile. I'll talk about it in a minute. There's two things I want to talk about. So she ends up back at the villa, back at the, um, after there's a big fight with Takaipo and they all retreat. So she, Samantha Morton ends up back at the British encampment, right? And she's looking after Kiefer, who's been shot, right? Or stabbed. Yes. Yeah, she right. was shot by Cliff Curtis's character, actually, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Um, he eventually dies. But before they do, she's all like, I think I think because the boss the British guys are like thinking she's a traitor, she's all like, I know somewhere we'll be safe. Puts Kefir in a wheelbarrow and wheels him off to this house by the edge of the river, far away. Yeah. Whose house is that? I think it's his house because she's looking. Excuse me, she's looking in the in the wardrobe, right, and finds a white wedding dress, and he's all like. Uh, put it on, please. But who, why does he? What, it's his house. Why does he have a white wedding dress? What? I don't know. For when he, you know, finds a lady, he's got one ready to go. No, because she's all like, I know where we'll be safe, and he doesn't go take us to my house. She just oh takes God, it. I don't know. I don't know by that point. <laughs> it's just like things well, are happening. My wife posited that perhaps it was a whore's house, and I was like. Mm. <laughs> There's a wedding dress. And then we thought, oh, maybe Maybe it's it was f- Samantha Morton's house. And that was, it- that's her wedding dress. And he just knows that she's got a wedding dress hanging around. But I think that Samantha Morton's go. house got burnt down originally. I'm not sure. No, so- that was their river house. This is her house house. <laughs> her house house. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I posited that. I don't that. know. I think it's a widow. I reckon it's a war widow, like someone who's a woman who's still around, but her wife's died, her husband has died in the wars, but we never see her. And the reason I think this, and my wife, we were, were positing this, is because in the in the end credit scroll, Daniel Cormack is credited. Now she's a somewhat of what? a New Zealand name actress, and we don't. She's not in the film, as far as I can tell. I reckon that's her house. That was my theory. Anyway, it's all speculation. It's not in the movie. We don't know. Uh, maybe it's the house of a time traveler. Maybe. That's good. That's Maybe good. Samantha Morton from the future has come back to leave the wedding dress for her to wear to have sex with Cliff on Later the tree. On. That's right. And then find Kiefer Sutherland with birds on him. Okay, so that's good, right? Mm. Kiefer Sutherland birds on him. Pretty, saw... very pretty image. Uh, yeah. No, I, 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 the reason I also the time travel thing is interesting because uh, my wife pointed out that that wedding dress is is anachronistic. It's too fashion forward for the time period. Aha! So time travel. That is, it's time travel. There we go. It's time travel. We're done. We solved yeah. it. We solved the riddle. Um. Okay. So, and then at some point between all that, um, Wiramu has already been. You know, he's he's obviously gone back to his Māori roots because he's, he's with Takaipo, trying to you know against the British. But at some point, I can't remember if it was before Kiefer dies or after he dies. Um, he's back in the British encampment, like wearing yeah. a long coat, and I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't he like a traitor no, no. to them now? So, Shouldn't he yeah, be? It's, yeah, Keeper dies. Yeah. And Samantha Morton is standing about by the river, or by the water. Yeah. And Cliff rocks up. And yes. my immediate thought was, what the fuck? And he says in voiceover, or not in voiceover, but uh, very, I think, ADR, I bribed two guys to be here. Oh, yeah, no, no. I got that bit, because then she he ends up having sex with her by the river's edge. Right. No, she yells at him because Kiefer Sutherland died. She's got the bullet. Oh yeah, no, that's what I mean. So yeah, you you and me are talking about the same scene. Yeah, no, I got it. Two yeah. two two guys. He bribed the guys. No, I got that bit. Yeah. But that being said, in that scene, he's right in the middle of everything, and there are lots of soldiers about. Surely yeah. one of them is all like, "Hey, isn't that Wurmu over there? Shouldn't we go yeah. shoot him?" 
that was very strange to me. I was like, I don't know. I there, was, like... there seems to be like a lot of back and forth with regards to whose side people were on at any given time. I reckon that's a. I reckon that's a weird this because of the disjointed narrative and sh- and scenes not filmed. I'm like that doesn't make sense at all. Why is he there? That was very confusing oh, to me. I don't know. Um, so that was the only thing I was like, I was like, wait a minute, how did that? How does that work? Uh, thematically within the middle of the film, I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't work at all. <laughs> I think that I think I'm getting to the end of all the things I want to talk about. Uh, yeah, the only thing um, uh, I also want to mention is that so her son has been training to be a, a tattooist. Yes, that's right. Um, I think training just on himself, really. <laughs> yeah, he's he's yeah. Uh, he he's says he says I've only done stuff. thighs and bums, so presumably he's not doing his own bum. I don't know. Anyway, no, uh, I don't know. So for them to go on the run uh, as a family, her mm. uh, boy and Cliff, mm. uh, she requests that he give her a moko uh, mm. uh, face tattoo. Mm. Does it feel a little, and maybe it's just because of the, it's 2017 now and people seem to be far more sensitive to this kind of thing, a little hashtag problematic? Well, I mean, Kev, I mean, Harvey Keitel had first moko and the piano. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I mean, is it slightly different because uh, she's not appropriating that culture? She is uh, becoming a part of the culture? Yeah. I mean, my wife was like, oh, you know, there were two things like you know there's one there's gonna be other women in line to get tattooed that as part of that iwi that are gonna be annoyed <laughs> which i'm like yeah, yeah prob- probably um but also like i think but then they're also they're not really part of um any iwi or even drive or anything at that moment are they because they've all they're all gonna just disappear and melt away and join other yeah but you still drives. have your identity within whatever iwi you are like you know you you're, you're melting away so that the british don't come and kill you but you still have your identity um right I mean, the other thing was like... It might be hard for him to get to everyone in line. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I don't know know how that works exactly. Um, But... um, Yeah. The thing about it is like, I think think maybe foreign audiences may be thinking that, oh, she's doing it to blend in. I'm like, well, she's Irish. She looks really white. I mean, in the the final scene, she's got a tan. But I think that the the reason for the marking was mainly to to mark her as like, you know, I'm with you now. I'm not part of my my old British... I've chosen a side sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that ending is very tacked on. I was like, oh, shit, everything just happened. Like, uh, Oh, like, yeah, we jumped forward, I don't know, another 10 years. Yeah, like, there, there at the river's edge, she just had a moko done, and then um, Hone, the evil cousin, comes along and shoots um, her in the shoulder, and then we think, oh, shit, she's been shot dead. Then, like a badass, Widomu just turns around and shoots him one shot. Just He's bang. dead. No, no big deal at the end of that. Um, Bane comes looking over the horizon, sees that Samantha Morton's dead, and I assume just gives up chasing them. And that's the end of it because yeah. that, that's it like they just run off and then literally and then we cross later, to 10 years later <laughs> with no thing saying 10 years later um she's working in the land and then her son rocks up in his finery in his little uh horse-drawn what do you call those things carriage is it a carriage i'm not it's sure a carriage of some sort yeah but he's like a traveling tattooist yeah which i was like that's funny i'm i'm, I'm on board with that <laughs> i think that's great <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh okay that's that's what happened in the ten years. Yeah, it just it just does seem very very fast, and also like, Bane didn't want to go down and have a chat to Widomu, like you know you were a traitor and killed a lot of my men. Just I don't know. It looked like a long way down. Probably just too much hassle. <laughs> that's it. It's just I'm like down. I'm tired. I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I haven't I mean, showered in like a week. Oh my god. 
Um, These colonial times, eh? Ooh. Yeah, just the worst. I just want to go home. Yeah, okay. Well, that, I think that's it. We're giving the we're, river we're, is time. We're we're ending on the fact that we were confused by the the, the ending was just tacked on. I enjoyed this film much more than when I first saw it. Did you do you have any memories of seeing it in the cinema previously? I never did, saw it in the cinema. I was the no. first time. Yeah, Andrew, your where's your patriotic duty as a filmmaker? Uh, I think that's it. Um, I'm, I think we should start wrapping up. I'm gonna say the film was beautiful. It won best cinematography and best costuming at Khan um, Khan at um the New Zealand Screen Awards. I will give the film, and but it is very disjointed. So the film overall, I would have given it two, but because it was so, I think I feel like everyone involved was so into it. I'm going to give it three and a half. Total. Oh wow, which is quite high rating bump. for a film that I think doesn't necessarily work as a narrative. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, the cliff roll. I'm going to give it five. Just five cliffs at a cliff. Brilliant. Yep. Beautiful hair. Beautiful hair. Great. He's got a, he's got a good uh, scraggly beard kind of thing going on as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm going to give the film, yeah, two and a half. Two and a half, okay. Because Fair enough. It just, it sadly, it, as beautiful as it is, you know, as much as there is something there, it just doesn't work. No. I think out of, out of, out of us, me, me and you and all our filmmaking nerd buddies, I'm the guy that everyone considers with bad taste because I just like everything. I'm like, three and a half. I had a great time, even though it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I can't, I can't argue with your, your argument there. It just doesn't work as a film. <laughs> it's reduced ratings. This film was terrible. Didn't work. Uh, it was completely rubbish. Five out of five. <laughs> I just look at my letterbox, my letterbox profile. I'm like, man, I don't see movies I don't like. Yeah. I sort of, all my films are like three, four, five stars i never give oh. two or one star ratings i'd have to go back pretty far to find because i also i don't know as you get older you're like i don't want to go see a film if i know it's not going to be good whereas before yeah. i was just like i'll see everything now i'm all like mm. no can't be bothered <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the cliff and for the cliff roll uh, i'll get a yeah four and a half four almost and a half. five almost five. yeah it's a great role great performance and sort of yeah emblematic of how much everyone gave in their mm. performances in that film, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Tim um, five cliffs out of cliff as well for a naked. Oh, I'm gonna give uh, Tim a cliff rating. A cliff yeah. rating. Oh, oh yeah, he does. He's got he's got we get Tim butt and war sex. So. War sex, yeah. So it's the thing that I take away from this film most is is Timbo <laughs> Morrison having slow motion sex during big fights. Yeah, it's great. Oh, and that and it's the other thing is that they were great battle scenes. They were. They were excellent. They were fantastic, like really well choreographed and like just very well done mm. very excited cool okay well i guess that's that's that film discussed uh where can they find you on the internet <laughs> well you can find me on the internet to talk about river queen time travel theories and uh, any other harebrained things on the twitter at andy james underscore inc and i think the same on letterboxd and instagram it's always I think with you. Um, I, I'm on. I'm on the, I never. It's like your phone number. I don't know my phone number because I never ring myself. I never tweet myself. That would be weird. That would be weird. I'm on the Twitter and letterbox at Regifilm, R A J E E V F I L M. Uh, you can find the podcast at uh, at ntzoffilm.wordpress.com and at ntzof on Twitter. Uh, big mm, shout out. If you're to... listening to this, I hope you would have already found it. 
That's true. Because you're listening to it, so That's you true. must know about yeah. it. But you can find us on various places to share and like and tweet and all that stuff. Yeah. Please rate that stuff, please. The ratings and the reviews and the things on the iTunes and the other... I don't know if they do on the other podcast apps, but they help. And it's good to get the feedback. It's good to get the feedback. We, we barely get any feedback, but I know you're listening because the numbers get going up and we get listens from places like France and whatnot. So if you're listening, please please get in touch. Uh, big shout-outs to Jeremy Veal, our audio guy, for always making it awesome. Yeah, Jeremy, man. you make me sound like... Well, I still sound like an idiot because <laughs> that can't be helped, but I sound better. Uh, and and uh, this is the second last episode. We've got one more episode to come. Yeah, the uh, penultimate. Season three. And then we'll be back for season four. Uh, catch you guys soon.